Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D Podcast, we have Brian Bridges, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan. From Dustrous and Hexgrid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. Also from Dustrous and Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. From elsewhere on the interwebs, we have Eric S. Pat. And I'd like to thank Eric for joining and becoming our newest patron. Welcome to the Hive. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, y'all had a bath. <laughs> Great. Does the Nixie stick around all night? Yeah, the Nixie stays in her little, like, 40 feet of stream that is her home. Dope. She's invisible while underwater, but she's, uh, she's there. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Leaf is willing to translate... Uh, as the night goes on and uh, Riley gets over his childlike whimsy of meeting a fade creature um, does this Nixie have like stories of the woods she could share with us <clears throat> yeah I think she could share some stories with you um, is there anything in particular you're looking for uh, preferably a 350 page novel Sean uh, I'm sorry it was it, it's a couple of pages short and Oh, okay. Then we'll skip it. <laughs> Realistically, so Riley's interested in maybe, like, uh, if I had to narrow it down, her favorite story that she has, anything she's learned, doesn't need to be about the woods, but the other piece of information he would be curious about would be pertaining to the uh, weird squirrel-like creature the party found a few days ago. And I don't know if we encountered anything like that since, but if we have, seeing if there's anything else weird going around with the woods. Alright, um, in pertaining to the squirrel creature, once a few details are mucked out between the two of you and, uh, Leaf acting as translator, um, she would say that it sounds like one of the redskin beasts. Can you describe these beasts further? Mm, I don't go... I don't leave my stream, but I've seen some in proximity at times and I've heard whispers from along the stream uh, they're small most of the time but they're uh, predatory even if they look like an animal that eats plants or nuts or, or fungus or anything like that they are predatory they eat meat and when they eat something bigger than them. They change. They become a red-skinned beast of that. And they grow. From what I've heard, one of my friends up the river, they saw one as big as a deer. With just the same freakish split face of a mouth. but they don't see us, it doesn't seem. And we've made well enough alone 
but they go around and they eat things. And they're spreading. They start off very small, but I don't know exactly how they start. They've not been around very long. A couple of weeks at most. So, um, with that, Riley will look upon the party and see, uh, I mean, it sounds clear that these things are, the way they're described, aberrations, and similar to kind of what we encountered already. Um, But if anyone is able to pull any further information based on this description of what we might be encountering in these woods or what might be happening, that's what Riley is kind of looking at the party to see if they have any information about Um, anybody who has Dungeoneering can make a roll, please. I see that Brock already has. And Brock is muted, if he doesn't know that. There's a 16, boss. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, 13. Dungeoneering. Alright. Um, so the 13 and the 16 both will kind of be able to verify that this is most likely the creature that they saw before uh, given uh, some of the details Uh, still unaware of what exactly it is but putting together that one of its abilities must be that it can assume the form generally of something it's consumed and likely such a creature's motivations would to be find the next biggest thing so, so that it can eat more um if i'm remembering correctly when riley was on watch the last time we played he found the ripped apart remains of some critter near camp yes right yes was that creature roughly the size of like a squirrel yes with this information does it seem like a smaller one of these red skin beasts ate that creature and then like became that size and was the squirrel that Leaf and Brock encountered? Uh, that would be a, a pretty good train of thought there, yes. Okay. Riley poses this really good train of thought to the party, just so we're all on the same page. <laughs> huh. Which means they must start off fairly small all things considered. But it also means that uh, if we do see any, the world would be better off if they were exterminated. We, we can't let these things get out of control. We should also watch out for ones that have stumbled upon larger prey. I think we can all agree on this. Riley gives a moment, like, looking upon the party. Unless there's any objections. You'll find none here. And so be it. Should we encounter more of these creatures, we will rid these woods of them. Uh, Unnatural entities that they are. Is Tava just quiet through all this? Yeah, pretty much. She uh, doesn't know anything about 
dungeoneering. She doesn't have a clue what these creatures are, and she's never actually seen one. So, okay, okay, yeah, because uh, Riley, as he's addressing the party, will like his gaze will linger on Tava for a response once in a while. But if it's clear that she doesn't really have um, anything to add to this, then what I said stands. So, uh, and in regarding to your other inquiry as to the Nixie's favorite story, it involves a grove that is, she says, not too far uh, from here, but still many days by the river. She talks about a queen of the woods, how her grove is such a regal and beautiful court where beings of grace and beauty coalesce and and sing the songs of the forest. And she tells you a story about how the queen came to be, how she was at one time a lonely uh, sprout of a tree in a barren field, but over many aeons she grew and gave birth to an entire forest and the strength of her bloodline carried on to the grove around her, making them more than just trees, making them more important, and what she calls uh, the court. So, um, once she finishes telling the tale, I guess Riley's interested in seeing A, uh, with, like, Knowledge Local, is he aware of, like, um, some stories that have spread from this sort of story that she's spinning? And B, with uh, Lee, for anyone else who has knowledge nature, is this true or just a tale? Um, go ahead and give me those checks. Yay. Knowledge local coming in at a... Uh, 13. Uh, it sounds very much like a fairy tale to you. Okay. Um, what did Leaf get on nature? It's a uh, 19. 19. Uh, while per, like, uh, the Fae do tend to do things like form courts and, and whatnot, and some Fae can live forever, basically. Um, uh, most of them preferring to live in the, uh, the, what is effectively the safety of the first world. Uh, though some are not given that luxury, nor can they attain it. Um, and such a, such a tale leads you to believe that if it's true, that likely what this is is a queen dryad. Uh, which is a type of dryad that just lives so long that she basically sires an entire forest, and that is her forest. Well, if this story's true, then uh, we may want to uh, investigate. Well, Leaf, to be honest, I know very little of dealing with the Fae. But if, as you said, if this is true, understanding what's happening in this forest and forging an alliance to cleanse it of unnatural beast as we were talking about 
could be beneficial to both us and the so-called queen. Indeed. At, at the very least, it uh, might help stem things from becoming even worse. If uh, the dryads are aware of the issue, they might be able to stamp it out before it becomes an epidemic. Uh, which, with some of the details given by Klisa, uh that you can find this forest by following the stream south for several days. Uh, but even in that, it is kind of vague because she doesn't know an exact number. Just several. Gentlemen, I would like to point out something here. Yes? Chances are the entire world is going to hell. And if you stop every two days to go out of your way to try to fix the small problems, all you are going to do is allow those people to not have as much problems for a little bit until the entire fucking world is destroyed because we never get the quest done that has to be done for the world to survive. I see your concern, Tova, but if the details line up, they seem to suggest, uh, at least according to my experience, that that this this sire of the forest is a dryad queen, a powerful ancient creature, and if there's anything in these woods that might be able to point us in the correct direction to help resolve this, I think that's a good start. Except that the creatures of the forest that don't belong here are not what we need to be dealing with. We have direction on what we're supposed to do. Vague notions of seeking out things in our past. Which, as far as I can tell, don't include ancient dryad queens. But as I was told, should we rush exactly to where we needed to be, we would only die. Yes, and I'm fairly positive that Caden Callion actually gives no shits as to what I choose to do. So... (laughs) Be that as it may, you appointed yourself leader of this little troop. Part of being a leader is to reckon when you have to leave things in the hands of others in order to do things that are more important. Yes, and the other notion is to make consideration of my options. And I find it important to consider these sorts of things so that I don't lose sight of who I am in terms of the greater picture of finding these idols. There are many decisions ahead of us, and the biggest of which being which idols we put on top of these spires. And we move forward without having ascertained necessarily which direction we wish to move upon on that. There are many questions left in the air, and I do think that there's some value in speaking with a substantial force that is a fake queen, her rule over this forest, in order to get an understanding of what we might be coming up against, if not form an alliance for support down the line. You think this fake queen knows more than the gods? 
Well, if the gods wish to bestow me the knowledge of everything that's going on, then Caden should have informed me of that in the first place, when instead he left that into my hands, so I'm left scrounging for knowledge myself. You're wasting time. What good will it do to save a hundred forests and a hundred towns along the journey if you fail to complete the journey? They're I'm all going to vanish and die anyway. Not necessarily advocating that we eschew our quest to rid this forest of every red-skinned beast that thrives here. More so, I'm of the mind to at least touch base with the individual that rules over this forest in order to establish a relationship of some sort and some sort of understanding of what's going on in this world. But you're talking about going several days in the opposite direction. I because wasn't... she may or may not know something. Also advocating to ignore going to Gira because I don't want to ignore the investment that Brock has in finding his friends. But if it falls in line on our overall quest, I don't think this is outside of the realms of possibilities for us to look into. I think it's nonsense. It might be. But it also might not. And either way, I'm rather interested in making acquaintance of someone who can be called queen of a forest because at the very least that's a good tale a good experience and who and are you like... going to tell it to when the world is gone I won't try to sway you further on the matter uh, but it, it was, at least according to Cleese's context further upriver, Gira's already been taken by fog. Uh, make of that what you will. Well, since we're having open discourse, then, uh, Adira, considering everything you said and everything we've posed at this fire this evening, what would you pose that our next course of action would be, understanding what's going on with Gira? and everything that's been brought up this evening. How would you like to proceed? I have no trouble with the concept of going to gear. If this fog is causing people to disappear and they have been unable to do anything about it, then at the very least, maybe the people there can follow us on back to Storm Bluff and get away from the fog. But to go days and days out of our way chasing information that might not even exist, that might just be a fairy tale, that seems a bit much to me. Well, then at the very least, perhaps we can gather more information on the subject. If only to make it seem like less of a fairy tale. All right, yeah, then, uh, I mean, in, in that case, um, just to kind of get it out there so that we can maybe uh, party chat for a little bit, Riley's perspective on all of this basically boils down to that if it's roughly in our line of travel to check this out, um, he thinks it's a good idea to do so, even if it just amounts to 
meeting someone of prominence in the world or making a connection, uh, it probably becomes very obvious that he's thinking about uh, alliances and connections in the world at this point. Um, but he's also not against trying to verify that this is actually more than a fairy tale instead of turning right now and running out after it. Um, so I, I think ultimately he'd be willing to continue on our course, at least to Gira, to gather more information and stuff, and then see if this grove falls in line roughly with our travel path. The grove is in the opposite direction of Gira. Uh, but eventually. Like, oh, I, uh, okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Like, also, if we can verify that these these red-skinned beasts are a problem, even for people in Gira, then that's more of a reason, at least, to bridge gaps. Especially if the people in Gira don't know about this creature, or the, uh, the, the queen, that is, or don't have a connection or anything like that. There, there might be some work that could be done here that doesn't necessarily take up all of our initiative, but could still benefit people in the long run. If it's any consolation, uh, I, I can work some magics that could get us there faster. You, you, you have travel magics. I do. And we've been traveling for over a week without utilizing them. It's not as effective when traveling on roads, but. But through wilderness, it can have some impact. All right. So then in response to Leaf's statements, at least that's an option and might help us, especially if we're diving deep into the woods um, for whatever reason in the long run. So it's good to know that. Um, and but, uh, Klisa did say that Gira runs very, or the river uh, runs very close to Gira, within earshot of the bells at the very least. Well, how how much further from Gira do we think we are? Uh, about probably uh, by the road at least, two, maybe three days of travel. Not super far, but not super close either. Well, for the record, uh, I'm talking about this spell whenever I say that we can, I, I can get us there faster. Nature's paths. It lets me instinctively know the shortest, easiest, and fastest way through the wilderness. Basically, upgrades our overland speed. If it was trackless, it bumps it up to a trail or a road. A road or a trail gets bumped up to highway speed. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> it only functions outdoors, but I'm not sure if you would find many roads indoors. Like, you, you can't cast a spell and kick ass at the go-kart track. I, I think that's more to mean that it's, like, you can't do it in, like, dungeons and yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Or most subterranean areas. Damn it, let open. me live my go-kart fantasy. <laughs> Rainbow Road. All right, well, let's break it down. Uh, so where does Leaf feel inclined to head off to based on all of this? Um, 
he is definitely leaning towards going to visit the dryad okay uh you know on on one hand there's riley's motivation and finding allies but on the other hand i i think he's really big about just generally spreading the awareness you know uh the fae are ancient ancient creatures and as such they they don't tend to move super quickly whenever it comes to reacting to events and and so he wants to make sure that he can do his damnedest to to really communicate the gravity of the situation make sure that they know what to look out for and then potentially receive any help that they can get to get where we need to be but i i mean as a tertiary concern he also sees this somewhat tied in with potentially you know given the general nature theme and the ancientness of this creature she might be able to if if it really is a dryad queen at least might be able to give him more information as far as like what's going on with the first tree and can she point me in the direction of you know whatever it is that he needs to be seeking okay and um so we've heard pretty much everyone's except for Brock's standpoint on this. So, uh, well, Brock would obviously want to head to Gira, just due to the fact that that's where his friends are. But uh, I mean, he would be fine with noting down like where we think this Dryad Queen would be, and like if it wasn't too far out of the way, stopping by. But like in this situation, he probably would be against turning all the way around going back the other direction rather than just going to Gira right now. Okay. So I feel like the, the conversation with the party like gets a little passionate at a point and then kind of uh, caps off as everyone kind of gives their firm standpoints on what they think might be the best course of action. And honestly, based on uh, voting rights in the guilds, I, I honestly think that Brock's vote to go to Gira first tips the scale and um, uh, Riley will say that it's probably best considering how far we've traveled and what we need to keep focused on to, cons- to continue our path to Gira to try to locate Brock's allies to see what Gira knows about this to keep this in mind and if this becomes a more prominent thing to focus on um, try to approach it when it's not going too far out of our way Fair, fair enough for everyone. It's kind of a compromise across everything, I guess. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Brock agrees with that. Brock has so many votes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this came down to voting rights. You did get that spreadsheet made, right? I have a little uh, chart right here, actually. But I, I, I think Sean also has one on the side he's been keeping track of. Um... <laughs> Well, I mine's think, in my name, so it's hard to forget. Yeah, I think even assuming that Leaf can get Gray Malkin and Box to vote on his behalf, that the tail, the the uh, poll is tipped towards going to Gira regardless. So I guess that's, that's where we're going keep going off to. But um, let's not forget that this came up. <laughs> <laughs> Great, good, good. All right. So is um is the is the leaf going to cast nature's path on himself? And 
I assume grant it to the horses and anybody who wants to walk outside the carts. Uh, is is it only on foot? I like um, the speed bonus is the thing you're trying to grant to other creatures. So, like, uh, I would like you do it on yourself, and then you can grant up to since you're level four, you can grant it to up to four other creatures. I would do that to probably box the two hor- the horse and the donkey and then anybody who wants to actually walk should that be the case okay so it, it just kind of like overlaps for anybody that's that's actually riding in the wagon yeah because the horses are taking care of that the, okay cool beans i was i was assuming i was going to use two castings of it anyway just to cover everybody so that's no. eight creatures worth so you know four for the party and then another four for the two horses and box so that leaves me with one like open slot for anybody who wants to stretch their legs i think brock jogs most of the time so that's probably yeah Um, although uh while we're still like around the little probably like the campfire or whatever that we're at uh brock would reach into his pocket and he would say um so this night ends on a more positive note and he would actually pull something out of his hand and he would hand each of you well, he would hand Riley a ring, Adira two rings, and uh, Leaf uh, a single ring again. Um, Riley would be handed a signet ring that would have the like the Morheim crest that we have on her back on it. Uh, Adira would be handed two silver earrings, and uh, Leaf would be handed a ring made of crystal. And as he hands them out, he would say, um, where I come from in the culture of Torag, uh, rings are significant. They show, uh, a sign of bonds. And, uh, you have each given me something, and, uh, I felt it was appropriate to give you something in return to show our friendship with each other. Uh, Riley, I have given you... It is a ring that, as I understand on the surface, uh, people like to display their heritage and themselves in jewelry. So I have put what seems to be your crest on so that you may wear it prominently on your hand. Uh, Leaf, I have given you a ring made of nature itself. It is the best crystal I could find in the area. And uh, Adira, I have given you rings made of silver to match. And he would point at your, like, pauldron thing. These are very pretty, Brock. Thank you. Riley uh, gives Brock the man nod, the single one nod, and then slips the ring on and says, Wow, it's surprising. You got my ring size perfect. How'd you know? Uh, apparently. That's how you get out of the shower. <laughs> 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 Apparently, I'm good at this, I guess. And Leaf gives you no thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. I was, I was waiting on my turn. I heard heavy breathing into the microphone, and I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> so he just slips the, slips the ring on and does uh, like a curt bow and says, Thank you, Brock. Okay, uh, mechanically, they're all masterwork. Um, 
really the only one who's going to get any benefit from this probably is Riley, but uh, his is threatening. It gives him plus one to intimidate. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Adira's are decorative. Plus two. They get plus one. It's oh, plus, it plus two. two. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. All oh. right. Yo. Uh, Adira's are decorative. I don't think that stacks with the cloak if you're already wearing the cloak because it's just a plus one to diplomacy. Uh, and then Leafs is rugged. It's basically just harder to break. I think it's got 50% more health. Yeah, when I gotta spin that, that ring around and smack a bitch. But I figured rugged would fit more with the whole he's trying to make it more like nature-y. Yeah, thank you. Oh man, I'm gonna stab so many people with my ring hands. This is good. You gotta, you gotta stab them with it and turn it just right, so that way, as as you stab them, they see it. I get that swift action intimidate check on a successful hit. It's like you read my fucking mind. <laughs> well, I was, I was looking at the things and I was trying to find appropriate things for everybody. It's good. I like it. I figured Riley liked displaying his himself in an intimidating fashion. I don't know when I uh, showcase that, but sure, okay. <laughs> uh, not, I, I, didn't, I don't see it as like intimidating as like threatening. More like intimidating as in like well, his yeah. presence is like a I'm force. Just, I'm just saying, like, Riley doesn't I... really talk about himself that much, so I don't really know when this came <laughs> up. But no, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, making assumptions is fine. I like the gift nonetheless. Thank you. I don't know why I would think he would like to present himself in ring form. <laughs> And then there's a there's there's a little there's a little uh hey guys how's it going? No, I'm kidding. Nope. 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 <laughs> there's no, no magic <laughs> no. away. No magic involved with these rings at all. Regular old crafting. We will always remember Lark's sacrifice in taking that ring far, <laughs> far away from our party. <laughs> Alright. So Nope, don't don't cut camp yet. One last thing. <laughs> the the Nixie's name is Kleesa, right? Kleesa, yes. Do you want me to post the spelling? No, nah, no, I have it written how I'll be able to pronounce it. So <laughs> um if Leaf's agreeable to translating, I'll I'll make short work of it. But basically Riley would like once it becomes clear that she's gonna part from the company. Um actually you know, it might not be a bad idea. He'll talk to Leaf about this first, but maybe the two of us, if I'm um, assuming he can speak Sylvan, I'm assuming that's what they've been talking. Um, yep, yep. Perhaps we can uh, just kind of throw a bottle to to the uh, sea, so to speak, and write a note to the Queen for Kalisa uh, to pass along to whoever might be interested that the Riley Morheim Guild is within these woods, and that uh, we're aware of the threats here, and if uh, her presence is true and real uh, she can perhaps see it fit to show a sign and reach out to us on our travels for assistance and discussion if Leaf thinks this is a good idea uh, I, I think communicating like this may be a bit un unorthodox but uh, it's worth a try for sure yeah so um, in that case with Leaf's help we can uh, pen a letter in Sylvan um, something as formal as we can kind of phrase it um, to the uh, to the the queen dryad, um, just saying everything that I basically just said. Okay. If that's cool. Uh, go ahead, Leaf, and make me a diplomacy check. 
Can I assist? Uh, sure, but at minus four for not sharing a language. 24. Nah, that's fair. Let's see. I rolled a 14. I have a bonus, so that beats a 10. <laughs> All right. So with the plus two is 26 total. Uh, Leaf, you would you would be able to convince Kleesa to kind of go out of her way and uh, at a time at least that is kind of convenient to her. Uh, leave her little uh, bend of the river and try and send this up the up the chain, so to speak. And uh, before the Nixie parts our company, Riley would like to approach her with Leaf's assistance in translating, and he'll uh, rummage the um, the uh, wreath crown that uh, Adir and everyone gave him to anoint him queen, and he'll uh, smile at the Nixie and kind of get down on one knee, presenting the wreath to her, and he'll say, again, Leaf translating, that he has been given... Uh, it's funny that he's also been given the title of queen by his comrades and he much appreciates the generosity and company that Kleesa has given his, him and his party and he wishes to bestow upon her a gift of his royal crown that she may cherish it forever forth and remember him and his companions um, for the rest of her days alright uh Go ahead and Riley make me the uh, check this time. Uh, the diplomacy. Just straight. Uh, straight 20. Dirty 20. The dirtiest of 20s. Okay. Well, uh, you'll see um, after uh, Leaf uh, explains this to her. Uh, she will dip back below the water, vanishing again, and then there will be a ripple. Uh, and she will uh, return to the edge of the water, uh, this time in a form very similar to that which uh, she had attacked Leaf in, but far more fitting size for the crown. Uh, and very obviously... Uh, compared to her smaller form uh a more uh shall we say ample body uh of course she as a nixie does not really wear clothes or anything she takes the crown from you and uh make me a reflex save <laughs> great she's gonna throw that shit right back in your face uh okay 10 all right, so she takes it from you, and before you can react, she very unexpectedly kisses you on the lips. Mm. <laughs> uh, Riley uh, blinks a couple of times, and I'm assuming there's no like supernatural effect on that. It was just a no. Okay, no. great. Yeah, it, it was just a realizing what's going on and dodging out of the way. <laughs> That's fair. He uh, blinks a couple of times smiles and uh, nods saying um, uh, we sir 
Uh, actually, he tries to say some things, but uh, we'll uh, we'll say he's caught off guard with this, and the words kind of fail him a little bit. All right, she will turn to Leaf and say, "Your human friend is very cute. Tell him thank you for the gift." She says, "Thank you for the gift." <laughs> Riley smiles and holds a very courtly sort of bow if she's departing. Uh, she will vanish back beneath the uh, beneath the water, only the crown visible uh, before it uh, it too begins to shimmer and uh, blend with the water. With a uh, smile, Riley will uh, stand up and uh, turn to leave and say, "You know the." things some of the things we've encountered and the sheer whimsy that it seems that you have brought to my life leave uh it's it's a shame that the world is in such a state i would have very much have enjoyed traveling with you in calmer nicer times well uh it's it's my utmost hope that wherever we're headed it's to more times like those Riley gives you the manly nod, a singular nod, pats you on the shoulder, and goes to rejoin the company. The guild, I'm sorry. You're going to get fined by the guild if you keep reciting the name incorrectly. I know, it's terrible. (laughs) Someday Brock is going to have more voting rights than I do. We have to fine you your voting rights. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and I do believe that uh, if... If everybody else is done. I'm good. Hava wanted to go speaky-speak with a certain person. Oh, yeah, she's had enough of his shit. <laughs> All right. So, like, she'll she'll go out, like, probably that night, uh, to the away from everybody, and, and call for Traxxas. Ah, yes, again. What is it this time, Taba? Not again. I've tried doing this the whole, oh, let's be friends kind of way, and this is bullshit, and you're not answering any of my questions, and I'm not (laughs) finding out anything I need to know. Give me your hand. Oh. Are you sure you want to do that? It's the only way I'm going to learn anything, isn't it? As you wish. And he'll hold out his hand. Oh yeah, she's pulling off that glove. Alright. I would like everybody else to make a perception, please. Eighteen. That that's a thirty from Leaf. <laughs> Shut up. Fuck you. Also a net twenty technically. Uh, that's only a 15 from Brock. Okay. So everybody will hear the second part of this. But Leaf, uh, with his with his elven hearing, I, I suppose while perhaps contemplating on what has happened throughout the night, uh, uh, we'll, we'll hear a sharp gasp, uh, whereas which is shortly followed by a a shriek, a scream, almost like the sound of an injured animal 
uh, coming off uh, from the rough direction that Adira, uh, or shit, ta that Tava had gone off in. Huh. What was that noise? I think Adira's in trouble. Oh, well, I, I guess we immediately start moving. <laughs> yep, heading that way too. Alright, so a lot of you run off that direction. Go ahead and make me another perception check. And I'd like Tava to make a will save, please. 22 from Brock. 18, Riley. Alright, 16, Leaf. Okay. So... A 23 uh, will save. 23 will save. Okay, go ahead and roll me a second one. Uh, the second one is 14 plus 5, so 19. So, um, the lot of you run off, Leaf immediately bolting uh, with his bow out, uh, according to his text info. Um, <laughs> you, would, you would quickly find Adira uh, on her, uh, laying on the ground, her back arched heavily, uh, and she seems to be having, like, a seizure or something. Taraxis anywhere in sight? Uh, no, Taraxis is not present to you, Leaf. Alright, then, uh, roll over with the bow and get a sit rep, and if there's no, like, immediate threat, then he's gonna like take off his cloak and bundle it up and try and get it under her head. Okay. <clears throat> uh, are the rest of you doing anything? Basically just gonna be more or less doing the same thing, just assessing for any kind of danger in the area, and then if I don't see anything immediately, I would just try and assist with helping secure her. Yeah, Riley approaches and is basically on standby for anything that Leaf directs. Uh, Leaf and Brock, go ahead and make me heal checks. Uh, Riley, make me a perception. That is an 8 from Brock. So he does probably not assist. 13. So also not great. I got a 10 perception. Alright. Uh, Alright, so... Uh, this is all very... Uh, rushed and unexpected uh there are certainly better situations uh to there, there's certainly better situations that uh you could have been in for all of this but you're doing your best um but she is continuing to seize uh just trying to call have her cause as little damage as possible. Uh, you got a 10 perception, Riley? Uh, yeah, 10 perception. Okay, so you don't see anything particularly out of the ordinary. Uh, and uh, so Taba, going back a few moments, the moment you touch Taraxis, you became severely, severely overwhelmed. 
Oh, um, yeah, good, good point. Um, uh, Leaf, uh, Brock, please make me perceptions as well. 20. Uh, 23 for Brock. The both of you would notice that, um, uh, one of her hands, the glove is not on. The gloves that she keeps on. Uh, to prevent, you know, contacting people. Um, yeah, uh, Brock would consciously avoid touching that hand then, if he could. Alright. Is the glove nearby? Uh, I imagine it's clenched in her other hand. And, uh, yeah, she's probably just holding it in her other hand, because the other hand is the one with the gauntlet on it and stuff. Yeah, then he's just gonna keep holding her head, keeping it from banging on the ground with the uh, the cloak is kind of like a barrier and uh, I mean, just kind of whisper to her like shh, it, it'll, it'll be okay just let it pass and try and comfort her until she comes to alright so what Tava sees this overwhelming reality that she can her brain is having a good amount of issue processing but she sees she's able to make out bits and pieces of it but things don't look right you're able to pick out people places and things but they're stretched from from nothing into in into disarray from from their beginning to their end you're able to see the world around you unfolding, rotting, going back to the beginning, twisting, burning, being repaired. It, it, like time is, is turning is the best way I think I can put that succinctly. She, you, you see yourself running through Abaddon backwards, forwards, parallel and perpendicular. It's it, it's hard for you to process. Uh you're it you're seeing way too much, way too fast. And it is it is burning you hard. Uh it, it's all all you see is everything and it hurts everything hurts everything is pain to the rest of you about five or ten minutes pass with her seizing pretty much non-stop before she just collapses uh, very limply onto the ground Adira finally after what feels like forever it stops and there's a ringing in your ears and the air is cold and and there's there's sounds but less and things are the way they used to be okay so you are now laying on the ground uh with your party around you. Leaf, Leaf, is she dead? No, I'm not dead. Oh, well, that's 
a much better answer than I anticipated. Thank what are you the gods. We we heard you scream and then you were on the ground. I'm fine. Are you? Uh, have you? What have you opened your eyes yet? Yeah, she'll open her eyes. All right, make me a will save. You all about these will saves tonight? Uh, twenty-one. All right, go ahead. I'm fine. I just I need to get some rest. Do you know what caused this? Yes, I caused this. I'll get stronger. Try again. Well, that doesn't exactly explain anything for us people who don't know what happened. I saw more with my powers than I was able to handle. And what what were you trying to see? I was trying to gather a little bit of information about Terex. And it works on him? Well, of course it works on him. He's a person, just not a person like you're used to. Brock is just going to kind of look at Leaf and just be like, is he? I've, I've done my best to limit my dealings with him. That you have, Leaf. Unfortunate as it is. And he will be there. I find it suspect uh, that you you know much about or it, it seems you knew much about what would happen and were willing to tell very little. I have my reasons. Partly because he doesn't really know he knows possibilities, but they change. They change based on us and other people, and it's not written in stone. Very good. Very good, Tava. You're right, but not entirely. If it was just up to your decisions, I could see everything from the beginning to the end. But there are other things that interfere far more unexpectedly. Well, I'll get to that eventually. Evidently, I'm not quite ready to handle you. <laughs> I don't suspect that you have the capability to, but perhaps you'll surprise me. I know you think of me as being very primitive, and I suppose I am compared to you, but I would not underestimate me. It's very hard for me to underestimate things. But I look forward to it, if it ever happens. <laughs> well, we shall try this again once I recover. Very well. Leaf, I do wonder why you dislike me so much. He seems to dislike most things that don't seem to fit into his natural world. 
Terexus's smile creeps wider across his face as he tilts his head to the side. I've stated my position. You know much, and you help very little. If you're not willing to help, if you're unable to help, then it seems you're only here to observe and to laugh, it seems. I've said as much in the past, but do you forget where you would be without me, Leaf? And I paid for that. We have equity. But I have duties now. And I'm, I'm not here to, to be your nightly entertainment. On the contrary, Leaf, your duties are exactly what entertain me. Well, then, uh, this, this puppet is satisfied with his number of strings as they stand. Well, those strings are your own, Leaf. I haven't made you do anything. But in every situation, you seem all too eager to find new ways to manipulate. Can you see why I would be suspicious? Are you any different? You took those flowers earlier, and then you went to go make friends, because a friend is better than an enemy. Wait, who precisely has he manipulated? Taraxis has said he's... Do none of y'all understand the concept of alliances? No side gives something without asking something else in return. That's not manipulation. That is how alliances are forged and kept. I understand, Tava. It just seems that Taraxis's asking prices are far too costly. They don't cost us anything. He gets to observe. It has no impact on anything. Then perhaps... You and I have had very different conversations. You should look over at Taraxis and be like, what have you asked him for? Well, nothing I haven't asked you for in the past. Oh, perhaps regarding to other entities. I'm sorry. It seems to me as though everybody dislikes you because you are not of this world you're not something that they understand you come from a different plane a different place you don't look like them and they automatically assume the worst of you and they don't seem to understand that i am also everything they hate i am an outsider i am undead i am unnatural and i am getting tired of this bullshit. <laughs> i think you have some things to work out with your friends Ta-ta. they'll vanish However much you may have, you think you have in common with Taraxis, I've spent time around you, and despite Taraxis's best efforts, I've managed to avoid spending more time around him. You're willing to do good of your own accord. Taraxis is only here for equity and observation. He has it occurred really to you that he's not allowed to directly interfere? He is an extremely powerful being. If he went around interfering instead of observing, 
He would change things constantly. It would How be do you know he has it already? He stepped in with Riley in that alley. What are you talking about? The creature that attacked Riley back in the city? That was Taraxis that mulched that creature. So he saved Riley's life too. Look, all I know is we met a big metal man and in like five seconds, y'all were ready to throw a damn cloak around his neck. Taraxis has saved you. He saved Lark. You're telling me he saved Riley. He's still looking for foresight. He has not done anything to any of us except help. And you still judge him harshly. What do you think he's going to do once you're firmly wrapped around his finger? He's not tried to wrap me around his finger. He has done nothing to me except offer a negotiation one time when I needed to know where Clint was. And as I say, that is how allies deal with each other. If you've ever run a country, you know this. That's not how we deal with each other. That is because we are friends. Traxus is not a friend. Traxus does not want to be friends. There are a difference between friends and allies. And you do not want to get the two mixed up. But he is an ally. And a being as powerful as he is, you'd much rather have as an ally than an enemy. So at, at this point, uh, is Tapa still lying on the ground? Has she picked herself up by this point? Cool. So um, Riley will... Uh, walk over like in front of her and offer a hand to help her stand up but as he does so um, he will say that's uh, just like completely interjecting into the conversation um, Tava as someone who's been on the outside of this whole orde ordeal as someone who's not met Taraxis and only heard of him through what you and Leaf have uh, told me I wish to make it understood that I trust both of your assumptions about this creature. I, I trust Leaf's insights into the nature of this creature. And when I look at Leaf and the way he's clearly shaken by the association with Taraxis, it, it tells me that there's something there, something significant. It's because of the way he looks. Do you want to see him? The only reason he doesn't approach you or Brock is because he told me he wouldn't and he's keeping his word. It's because you asked him not to. Because Riley. at the time, I hadn't had a conversation with him. I didn't even <clears throat> remember what he was. Adira, on the other hand, the way you talk about Taraxis has portrayed a sense of utility and resourcefulness that I do not comprehend. But based on your and my companionship, I am willing to lay trust in you and your assumptions about Taraxis. I do not think that we should eschew association with Taraxis. 
based on these concerns, based on my inability to comprehend where he comes from or what he wants. I do not think we should trust him fully, but I do trust your relationship with him because Adira, Tava, I trust you. Nobody trusts an ally fully. You're a fool if you do. Well, perhaps that's because I do not consider you an ally, Tava. I'm Riley talking about Taraxis. Lowers a hand to help you up. Yeah, she'll let him help her up. <laughs> just, just talk to him yourself. As a note, uh, when you do try to stand, you fucking hurt. Your body has been seizing for ten minutes. Yeah, I, I figure as much. She'll probably grimace. If, if she I, wavers, Riley will try to help brace her. But yeah, it, I do not see any reason at this point why you simply cannot call out to him and make a judgment for yourself. Leaf will just shoot Riley a look. Oh, man. <laughs> Riley pr probably mutters under his breath that uh, just like oh and um like uh mulls it over for a moment and uh says I, I suppose in order to make the best assessment it's something I have to do though it's not something I particularly wish to do based on Leaf's reaction to Taraxis. But I shouldn't be one to shy away from these sorts of things, should I? Not if you intend to lead, darling. Riley just, uh, just kind of nods. And, um, we'll, uh, glance over to Brock at this point, and we'll say, uh, I, I think, Brock, friends, that uh, my path is kind of set for me. I'm not expecting you to follow me, and perhaps it might be best for even uh, you to stay a uh, outside of the realms of this. But if if you wish to make this journey with me, by all means, now might be the time to do so. There is no reason to make you walk it alone. Um, but there's no reason for me to force your hand either. You are forcing nothing. Then, uh, with a uh, slight smile, Riley will turn to Tava and will say, in order to settle these disputes and to get a firm assessment for myself, I suppose it's time for the full guilds to make acquaintance of Taraxis. Taraxis, you heard him, baby. For the first time, the entire party hears... Ah, hello, Riley, Brock. I've made your acquaintance, but I think it's time you make mine. And sort of shuddering out of, like, nothing before you, this 16-foot-tall, exoskeletal, eyeless, big-mouthed motherfucker materializes out of the air, bent over at a extreme and awkward angle to be more or less face-to-face -face with you. He's 16 feet tall. Yes, he's 16 feet tall. 
Okay, I'm adjusting my mental picture. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Brock has got to take a really quick step back. Now, he's only as big around as a normal person. But he is extremely lengthy. I imagine there's definitely that moment where, like, Riley's expecting to see someone roughly at eye level, and then there's that slow look up. <laughs> yeah, Brock, Brock is definitely, like, backing up with, like, a holy shit, this is not at all what I was expecting kind of look. And, of course, uh, there is his smile, which is rather uh, toothy, shall we say? We shall say, I think. <laughs> that face just on a 16-foot-tall body. Yeah. I mean, his head's not really that much bigger than yours would be. Uh, would you describe him as a tall, slender man? <laughs> very tall. And very slender. Oh, okay. <laughs> and very man. But it's... Uh, it, it's very obvious looking at him that he's he's not a man in a in a morph suit, he is a, uh, he has got like this almost chitinous exoskeleton, uh, what appear at first to be skeletal hands exuding from the tips of his sleeves are actually interlocked, uh, plates of exoskeletal, uh, chitin. So Riley's first response is just, uh, oh, you're tall, that's... I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> um, yes, I, I'm sure you know who I am by this point, Taraxis. Yes, quiet. What is your interest in my guild? Well... Let's say that you caught my attention when you weren't when you were supposed to be in the Black Keep. I looked into you a little bit further, and I saw you got into that big tangled mess at Starlight, and that you would come out of it. So, shall we say that within those tangles, I can't see so well. Without a little help. So your interest is understanding? Mostly. I call it entertainment. When you know everything that's going to happen, things get rather boring. So are, in that sense, are you describing us as oddities? Things outside of the realm of your knowledge? You... Not so much. But the things that you will interact with, very much. The beings I'm going to interact with, are you talking about the gods or the creatures that assaulted Starlight? <laughs> the gods, not the gods, no. I was watching you all while they were having their little chats with you. Blind as bats, all of them. No... The old ones. And others. That thing that was attacking you in the alleyway. It had powers it shouldn't have had. And what exactly is it that the gods are blind to? Hmm? 
are no more perceptive than you when it comes to things like myself. Hmm. Some of the really tricky ones might catch on that there's something going on. But most of them are just dumb. And these creatures we are supposed to fight? Can they see you? That's a good question. I know that one can, and he points right at Riley's forehead. I'm gonna take a look at Riley's forehead. You don't, I mean, you see Riley's face. Riley, like, raises the hand to his forehead to make sure there's not a spider on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, come again. You've got something watching you, boy. And what might be watching me? Oh, that's one of the things I've been looking into. I don't suppose it hurts very much right now. After all, you're still around, aren't you? I suppose, for now. He, like, holds out an arm and, like, checks it over. Well, well. We now have the whole game together. What fun. <laughs> Okay, well, now that you and I are communicating face-to-face, -face, I want you to know, to set the record straight, that the incident with the rare rat in that alleyway, I totally had that covered. You see, the problem with that was that that was very uncertain. Its powers... Powerful mages can manipulate time, but... Something so weak and pathetic should not have power like that. So you're saying it was trying to do time magic on me? It was doing time magic on me. But it wasn't doing it with arcanum or divine favor. It was just stealing little snippets of time. Like it was water in a bottle. Sounds like it was cheating. <laughs> Riley mutters under his breath. <laughs> Very good way to look at it, yes. And it could well have cheated me out of a great deal of entertainment had it been able to fail you. So you saved Riley for personal gain, then? You could say that. But the results are there regardless. Also, Brock allegedly saved. I still claim that I totally had that situation handled. Thank you. Sorry, allow me to correct that. Uh, so you uh, aided Riley without his consent for your own benefit. Is, is, is that better? No deal was struck, but I got something out of it. If only some reassurance. But I feel like Leaf is rather uncomfortable right now. I don't think he likes me talking to you. Not one bit. Am I wrong, Leith? What's your goal here, Taraxis? How do you it's see not... this ending? <laughs> Riley just looks at Tava while... Taraxis is maniacally doing his evil laughter. <laughs> like, 
Come on, that's a dead giveaway. A very funny way to put it, Leaf. A very funny way. I'm not laughing. What he gets out of it is he gets to see the end of things. Because he gets to see that which he cannot see. Have you not been listening? I want to hear him say it. Shall we say that Tava's assessment is not wholly incorrect? But the wording could use a little word. I want to see how things end. Yeah. Because things are uncertain. And the further back things are uncertain, the more things change afterwards. But why do I always get the notion, every time I speak with you, that we're talking and you have one hand behind your back and I'm not going to like what's in it? (laughs) Perhaps it is your inclination that things are unnatural. Perhaps it's your idea of how things fit into the world. You can't see all of me. You don't have the ability to. As I've told Tava many times, you're all very primitive. I don't mean that necessarily in a way of civilization, though I have seen many civilizations far more advanced. I mean... You are like animals trying to understand gods. It's the best way I can put it for you, as inaccurate as it might be. And do you have these animals' best interests in mind when you take action? Well, I suppose that depends. Doesn't it? Uh, If I use Tremor Sense right now, does he appear as part of that? Now that I can actually see him. Extremely faintly. Uh, though it looks as though he's standing on the ground, um, you're only picking up the slight vibrational echoes off of his cloak. So you can probably tell that he's not physically standing on the ground. Hmm. Okay. And given his length, he becomes very vague in that form of vision. Okay. Grey Malkin is upset, apparently. The trap is set. Get him, Grey Malkin. Fine. He'll, he'll, he'll just kind of sternly look up to Taraxis and say, uh, whatever you are, whatever your intentions, you have a great deal of power, and it seems you're only willing to use it uh, when there's something equitable in it for you. And regardless of whether or not you or Tava think that that's correct whether that's fair it's my personal belief that it's the duty of the strong to help the weak and if you're unwilling to take action with without the give and take the exchange of services then I've no need of your services I would say this Leaf you're very Short-sighted. What happens when what you have to gain from is uh, no longer aiding us? Will you turn against us? 
Why would I have any reason to do that? Well, I do not know what the future holds. If in the future it becomes, if it becomes beneficial for you to harm us, it seems that nothing is stopping you from it. I cannot speak for the uncertain future. But if you go to an inn and the bard stops playing their music, do you kill them? I, I suppose not, no. Then why would I kill the entertainment once it's done? Huh. Let me put it this way for you. I can take a look at all your lives prior to this. All of it. And I know everything that did happen and could have happened. I've seen worlds where none of you ever exist. I've seen worlds without uncertainty, without twists and turns in the folds of time. This one is broken, busted, and tangled. I've seen too much and it's all the same. And at this point, his smile isn't very wide. It's 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 kind of there, but it's it's almost kind of deadpan. You are all tangled up in this mess. You helped me through seeing things that I couldn't otherwise. Entertainment, you understand. This is simple for me. And yes, I have a great deal of power, Leaf, in terms of your world. But my interference does change things. Tava was right about that. So, I try and keep things to a minimum, shall we say? That way, the course isn't altered too much. Things can be made better or worse, with the smallest action. And I can hardly see where my actions will have consequences. Do you understand, Leaf? I understand what you're saying, but my stance remains unchanged. That's all well and good. Feel how you like. So there's kind of a bit of like this, I feel like there's like this grimaced, half-eyeless stare-off between Taraxis and Leaf. Half-eyeless, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess at this point, um, uh, assuming Tava can stand on her own, uh, Riley will uh, head to Leaf's side if only to give him some sort of mild comfort in the situation. And uh, Riley will say, mostly out loud, not really to anyone um, in particular. Well, it seems that our association with Taraxis is a given at this point, and based on the reactions of Tava and Leaf, I am inclined to move forward to see what can come of this. I trust in Leaf's heart to keep the four of us on steady footing, moving forward with the best interest for us and the people around us. But 
myself not being particularly adept at these sorts of situations, I do trust Tava's judgments in the assets Taraxis can provide. And I, for one, at this point, am not willing to ignore. He gestures towards Taraxis, your presence. I don't... I don't know exactly what will come in the future, and perhaps you do, but I do not. Though I am willing to move forward with this uncertainty. Very well. Now, you and Brock, I still haven't marked either of you to follow through the tangles. If you want something from me, I'd be willing to trade. Riley looks at Leaf then, like, glances off towards Tava. I'm, I'm not even sure if Tava meets his gaze. I, I'm sure Leaf does, um, but I'm not sure if Tava does before he uh, looks to Taraxis and just gives him a singular silent nod. And a vague meow. <laughs> That's just Greymalkin trying to work out his own contract with Draxus. <laughs> uh, Brock would look at him, but he would just say, uh, I am content to observe for now. Then we have something in common. I suppose we do. I believe Leaf is trying to kill me with a look. So if you're done talking, I think I'll take my leave for now and watch from afar. And he will kind of fade out just very quickly just Riley just uh, puts a hand on Leaf's shoulders as uh, some sort of vague comfort uh, Brock would look at Adira or uh, Tava and uh, he would say you two are nothing alike and he would kind of just walk away I think you've made a mistake but it's yours to make Riley, like, gives this, like, a half chuckle and says, Leaf, I've made many mistakes in my life, but I've worked through most of them. And if this is a mistake, I'll work through this one as well. But this time in good company. And he just uh, pats Leaf on the shoulder um, and uh, will uh, begin making his way over towards Tava, where as he's about to follow Brock off, for a dramatic exit, he will uh, mention to Tava over his shoulders that, um, Tava, you're not nearly as much of an outcast as you might think you are. At the very least, not to me, and I know not to the others. You're a friend, and you belong here. Don't discredit that, and don't discredit my trust in you. And um, he'll, he'll pause for just a moment if there's any sort of retort. I trust that... Uh... You you think that. But you were wrong. I don't care because I'm not supposed to exist. Uh, Riley gives this like half-defeated chuckle and um, says uh, it's something to be told that how one feels is wrong. But so be it for at least today. And he'll uh, make a dramatic exit with Brock, I suppose. 
So Adira and Leaf are left alone awkwardly in the small clearing. I imagine Adira's just gonna go to bed. She hurts. Okay. So Leaf, she turns to head back towards camp. Uh... Leaf will turn to head towards the water. Alright. I think uh, he's going to spend the night out by the shore. Okay. I think uh, as everybody sleeps, Riley, you have a dream about the other day. Kind of just replaying in your head, really, more than like any sort of normal dream more like a memory of the strange clockwork clouds in the sky near the end of the dream shortly before you wake up you start to see amidst all the cogs and in their configuration uh almost a pattern that seems to form a an eye almost uh but then you'll wake up. Not like, <gasps> or anything, just like, it's the next, it, your body said wake up. Hmm. My body has notions of dramatic tension. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the body of Riley Morheim. It's got to keep the drama up. Uh, you're not even wrong. Give this guy a level up. <laughs> if you can't trust yourself to be dramatic, who can you trust? <laughs> It is the next morning, so to speak. The next midnight. Um, do y'all want to do anything before heading off towards Kira? No, not that I can think of. Nope. Leaf is a little quiet the next morning. Yeah, Riley's going to stick with his thoughts for the time being and what was said yesterday. Let that sit for a while. And I don't think the, uh, the nightly experiences that have been kind of popping up are enough for him to really mention yet. Okay. So you all set out. Uh, are you using Nature's Paths? Yes. Okay. So you all set out with Nature's Paths. The spell does guide you back to the road uh, to which your travel is expedited. Uh, is the Starforge still leading us in the direction of Gira for me searching for uh, my friends? Okay, cool. Yes. And they they dance the lights dance uh, in front of the horses and carts, and you would notice that uh, the familiar woodlands uh, that you had visited uh, some years before uh, are eerier than you remember. Mist cloys at the ground, and there's just an uneasy feeling all around perhaps to everybody else's uh except maybe leaves uh surprise there's a type of bird that lives in the area that very much sounds like a screaming person when it calls but you would be familiar with this having lived in the area for a short time uh brock would kind of look around at just the i guess eeriness of it he goes hmm. it, it was a lot more pleasant last time i was through here I think as you 
roll up to the end of the road with the gates of Gira set before you probably a few hundred feet away we'll end the session there and you all get the fuck up woo yes damn oh oh this is a good fuck up (laughs) fuck up five great for Riley Riley does really well at fuck up five hi this is Tracy the voice of a deer I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustrous. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern-day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustrous Podcast, and we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at hexgridheroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone guys probably the, like the zone. You guys, where you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the the Wild West out there. (laughs) (laughs) LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the elder gods haunt your dreams.